Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Brittany De Silva, a registered dietitian, nutrition coach, and U.S. Army veteran who wants to end the war with diets and food guilt. Brittany and I connected after she messaged me on social media about being from the beautiful state of Iowa. She has such a big heart and passion for nutrition that started during her military service. She's been all over the world, has been separated from her family for way too long of time, and is now happy to be home with her husband, living her dream by having her own private practice. Please enjoy my conversation with Brittany. Excited um, to talk to you because I love talking to fellow Iowans because that's always exciting, and that's yeah. how that's how we kind of that's how we kind of connected. You actually reached out to me. You're like, I'm from Iowa, and I'm like, no way. So you'll have to tell me. I mean, kind of tell me about where you where do you live? Where did you live in Iowa? So I grew up in a very small town of like 1,500 people in Monona. It's in the northeast part of Iowa. Um, I always tell people that it's about like 10 minutes from the Mississippi river. Okay. (laughs) Very close. So very Northeast. Yeah. Um, about 45 minutes from Decora would be like the biggest town nearby. Okay. Okay. 1500 is pretty big. I came from a town of 200. So you were a metropolis compared to my hometown. (laughs) funny. (laughs) It is funny. Well, I'm excited for you to um, share your story with my listeners today and just kind of, I know that you're a very passionate dietitian, so I'm excited to get to that. But why don't you take me back to just when dietetics became on your radar, maybe the history of getting to that point? Absolutely. So, dietetics really didn't even come onto my radar. You'll be surprised, but this was actually after I got out of the military in 2014. So, I really became passionate about nutrition while serving in the military. Um, While I was deployed to Afghanistan, there really wasn't a lot of fun things to do over there, and there really wasn't a lot of ways to relieve your stress other than working out or running. So that's what I did while I was over there. And during that time, I actually, I took a class. I tried to, while I was deployed, um, take, take some classes and work on my master's degree, which was a really bad idea because I did not have hardly any time while I was deployed. But I actually took my first um, master's level nutrition class at that time. And I started just really getting into it. And the nutrition side of things was something I had never really been that interested in. I'd always lived, you know, a healthy lifestyle, but I really never paid attention to the actual science behind it, I guess. And so that's really what started it because I was working out a lot and learning about nutrition. So that's where I guess it really started. But it wasn't until I got back from my deployment in Afghanistan that I started working with soldiers. I had, um, I had 
become a sergeant when I was deployed to Afghanistan. I had gotten promoted. So when I returned from deployment, I actually had some soldiers assigned underneath me that I was mentoring and helping them. Um, I led them in PT, um, the Army Physical Fitness, in the mornings. And there were a couple soldiers that weren't weren't so great with their PT and they also weren't so good in their diet. And one of my soldiers used to eat beef jerky and Mountain Dew for breakfast. And I was like, okay, listen here, (laughs) not be eating beef jerky and drinking Mountain Dew and improving your physical fitness. So um, my words to this soldier, he ended up going out and buying against my will, he went out and bought one of those like $500 Vitamixes. And I was thought he was crazy, but he ended up using that blender and he started making smoothies every day. And then he did really, really awesome on his next PT test. And I was like, man, you see, when you start putting it all together, your exercise and your nutrition, it all, it all comes together. And then you can do really great in your army, your physical fitness tests. And so after that, you know, I, I just really got more and more passionate about it and was like, man, I can really help people with their nutrition. That's so interesting that you, so you had a complete other career that you were living and working in and nutrition kind of found you that way. Absolutely. And I will say another thing that during my service, I, I was actually taken back a bit by the number of people in the military who served, but were actually overweight. And it, it really bothered me because when you think about soldiers, you think about these men and women who are strong and physically fit. But what I learned was that there were a lot of people that weren't at their best best health and best level of fitness while serving. And I, I really started to recognize, and it really wasn't until I started, you know, reflecting more on it um, and as I grew as a soldier. But uh, at first, I just couldn't believe that these people were that way because we're supposed to maintain this, this high standard when you're serving. But as my time in service went on and I started realizing these people weren't like that because they chose it. They were like that because they had gotten injured while serving or they had been deployed and they were going through, you know, a lot of stress from being away from family members or even, um, you know, so many people come back with PTSD after going to war. And so they were battling these, these scars inside of them and they were turning to food for comfort. And I just felt like so many of these people had these nutrition problems in their life. And it wasn't because they chose it. It just happened because of the sacrifices they made. That's so interesting because, you know, we talk about just personal stresses that the each individual has. And I can't imagine the extra stresses from a job, from serving, from being a soldier that would encourage someone to fall back on food or an activity or just some security. Absolutely. 
And that is, you know, what I found. And so when I decided whether or not I wanted to continue on in the military, um, I, well, I had been living apart from my husband for three years also. Mm -hmm. That goes in well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so my husband and I, when we actually met at the beginning of my time in the military. So I had joined in 2011 and we met during our training, our job training, which is called AIT. And so we actually met during that time, which was four months. And we ended up getting married really quickly. He proposed that December. So we met in June, he proposed in December, and then we ended up getting married in April. So we hadn't even known each other a full year at that time, but we knew, I, I don't, I don't know. I just knew it was love at first sight when I met him and we decided to get married really quickly because I had gotten stationed over in Germany and we were really hoping that he'd be able to come over there with me because he was in the national guard and was stationed in New Jersey. So we thought that he'd be able to come over there with me. But Mm -hmm. what happened was we ended up finding out that his contract, they wouldn't let him out of it. So if he came over to Germany, they would have made us break his contract and he would have had to pay pay back his student loans on his own. couldn't afford that. No kidding. So we ended up living for three years apart from each other, which was hard enough itself. So as you can imagine, when, when my first, my only term in service was the three and a half years. Um, I really wanted to get back to being with my husband and living a life with him in the same household. So um, that really was the reason I wanted to get out of the military. But also because I, I had this, this um, idea in my head that I could really help people outside of the military with their physical fitness. And I didn't even know it was going to be nutrition yet, but I figured that out once I got out. Interesting. So can you share with me how first, I mean, military is a big part of your life because that was your first career. So what kind of led you to joining the military in the first place? Well, I actually had gone to school at Iowa State University originally for athletic training. Um, I grew up in a household where I would say, like, my father wasn't the healthiest person. Um, He had some alcohol abuse, and I just knew that I wanted to live a healthy lifestyle. And so I wanted to surround myself with healthy individuals. So I thought that going to school and surrounding myself with athletes would be the way to go about it. So I went to school for athletic training, but I actually didn't really love that. So I finished my degree out, but I didn't want to pursue a job or career in that field. And both of my brothers had actually served in the military. And so I was like, well, you know, the military opened up opportunities for my brothers. And I was like, I'm going to do it too. (laughs) So I decided to up and join and follow in their footsteps. And it, that's how it all started. 
so and I, I kind of wonder, do you kind of look back now that you kind of started out in athletics and then went into the military and then you ended up in dietetics? Like it was kind of meant to be kind of meant to be your path because that wasn't your initial passion. Yeah, actually. And as I get older and reflect more on everything, it's it's really funny looking back on how all the bits and pieces are slowly like a puzzle being put together. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's kind of like it gives you goosebumps because you're like, gosh, I think that was all how it was. Even though you had to live apart from your husband, which is awful. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't imagine doing that for three years, but hopefully it led to all good things now currently for you. Yes, it has. <laughs> good. All right. So you, how long have you been out of the military then? Uh, it'll be five years this August. Okay. So quite a while. Mm-hmm. And what, when you got out, you obviously, you ran to your husband's arms and didn't leave them for a, a long time. <laughs> what, did, what was kind of your next steps? Did you move back to Jersey? I would kind of be with him or did you both just pick a spot? What was the next steps for you? Yeah. So my husband was actually already established. So he was a teacher. Um, he still is a teacher. He teaches eighth grade American history. and. He was working already and had, you know, a well-established job already. So for me, I got out of the military. And at that point, I really wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do um, and was hoping I would figure that out once I got back home. So we, you know, I came back from Germany and we bought a home in New Jersey and I really decided when I started looking at the different career fields, because I knew I wanted to go back to school and I started looking and that's actually when I found the field of dietetics. So it wasn't until 2014, I even knew about it. I had heard of registered dietitians, but I didn't know the path that it took to get there. And I also didn't really know what their role was. I had, I had lived a pretty healthy life and never really had any experience with a dietitian before that. So, um, I, I found, I read about it. Um, and Rutgers was one of the closest schools that had a, a dietetics program and it was an hour commute from where we lived, but I was like, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've done it. Right. <laughs> so I can do it. So did you enroll full time or did you kind of do part time or how did that work for you? Yeah, so I did. I enrolled full time. Um, it took some time, though, because I got out of the military in August, so I couldn't start that semester. So I actually took a couple classes at the community college and um, I worked with the uh, what do you call them? I can't even think of their name, but I I worked with somebody there who helped me make sure that some of these classes would transfer over to others. So I took some sciences and um, I ended up filling out the application, which um, I wasn't able to find out until March the next year, whether or not I got accepted into Rutgers. So I didn't even get to start school there until the next fall. Jeez. 
So did a lot of things transfer for you though, since you kind of did, I mean, you kind of did a very similar pathway when you were at Iowa state. So I'm assuming you had quite a few things already done. Yeah. Rutgers was awesome. Um, the advisor that I worked with there, he was amazing. And he, he told me, he's like, Brittany, we want you to move forward, not backward. We're going to make sure that these classes transfer over for you. So he made sure that we got all of my sciences that I had taken at Iowa state, like my chemistry, anatomy and physiology, um, a lot of those classes transferred over. And so when it was all said and done, I really only had to attend Rutgers for two, two years. But an hour drive back and forth. (laughs) That had to be a little grueling. It it was, um, especially in New Jersey with the traffic. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. Classes let out around three thirty or four thirty. It was always a nightmare getting home because I had to drive on the parkway. And coming from a childhood where you grew up in Iowa on two roads and gravel roads, there's not much traffic there. So I was scared to death when I first had to start driving on the parkway. But eventually, I got the hang of it, and now I think I'm a pro. I'm, you, I'm sure you are. You would have to be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're in college, was it kind of like an aha moment when you kind of set, kind of take, started taking all your nutrition classes and you were just like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I love it. Yeah, it was. I did. I loved it so much. And um, that's another part of it too was uh, while I was stationed over in Germany, as you probably are familiar with, coming from an Iowa background, they're really, and especially a town of only 200 people, um, there really were not a lot of different cuisines offered. No. So no. When, <laughs> when I lived in Germany, I got to indulge in so many different cuisines because I did travel around to quite a few different countries. And so it was really, really neat to be able to try so many different foods from these different cultures. And so one thing that I started doing was trying to get really creative in the kitchen. And that was even when I was living by myself over in Germany, I bought all these recipe books and I started trying to make these different meals with all these different tastes and flavor profiles. And then I was trying to make them healthier. And so that kind of took me into like, you know, my kitchen back here in New Jersey. And I continued to do that while in school. And it was just very enjoyable for me as I kept learning about more and more about nutrition. And we had these different classes where we were actually changing the ingredients and seeing how avocado affected a brownie versus butter. (laughs) So yes. Yeah. What was your favorite um, cuisine that you had when you were abroad? Oh, I definitely have to say it's the Italian in Italy. Um, There was just something about the lasagna in Italy (laughs) that they used. I don't even know if it was just specific to where we were, but in like Rome and Venice, when I was there, the, the lasagna had a white sauce and that white sauce was just incredible. (laughs) So. 
Have you recreated it in your own kitchen? I actually haven't. You know, I found a white sauce recipe that was supposedly homemade and to that specific area of Italy. And I haven't made it yet. I need to. Well, you'll have to keep me updated on that because that's interesting. I mean, what a great experience, though, too. So you must love to cook as well. I do. I do love to cook. Um, I wished I had more time to cook because (laughs) I end up keeping things pretty simple these days because we're very busy. So, Sure, sure. So after school, so you kind of, so you really enjoyed you not only enjoyed the food, like nutrition classes, but you enjoyed the cooking classes too. So you're just very, you're very, you're much better, more well-rounded than I am. I did not enjoy the cooking classes at all because I, I just screwed things up and I burned things. So I'm so glad that you enjoyed that as well. Um, so did you do, so internship, you got done with your under, your two years of kind of didactic work, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you did an internship, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Where did you do? Did you do that at Rutgers as well? I did not. Um, okay. Believe it or not, I uh, I was going to apply for the Rutgers internship and it was my number one choice up until literally, I think it was like the two days before you have until you can no longer change your number one. Mitch <laughs> 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 and put Sodexo as my number one. Um, and the reason for that was because, uh, well, I had a really good conversation with somebody who went through the Sodexo program, who was now a professor at Rutgers. And she told me she would write me a letter of recommendation. Um, but I, I found that Sodexo had this opportunity for this, this program or, well, it's not a program, but Throughout the internship, you had an opportunity to create a rotation and do something that you were passionate about. And I had reached out to one of the um, advisors for the Sodexo internship and told him that I had served in the military and I was really interested in seeing if I could use that rotation and work with, you know, a military dietitian or or do something related to the military and he told me absolutely so Rutgers they they only had like a one week rotation where you could do something different but this rotation um for for Sodexo was actually like I know it was like over 200 and some hours so it was a lot more time so I put that as my number one and I ended up Good. Good. Um, I had a friend actually that did the Sodexo. So maybe share with, I just, Sodexo, I think is so unique with our internship program, just because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Do you have to find all your preceptors as well for your internship? No, not exactly. So the way the program was, they actually found my, my clinical rotation for me, as well as my food service management. And The rest I found on my own. So I had to find my long-term care and my community preceptors on my own. But the other stuff they set up. And you could stay living in New Jersey as well, correct? So they did find me um, my 
my food service management rotation was actually here in New Jersey. But when I applied to Sodexo, um, at the time, I know that their structure has changed a little bit because now they do it, um, they have different regions. But when I applied, they had a distance program. And so you could write down different locations where you wanted to, or where you could actually live and do the program. So I had a family member in Minneapolis who told me, oh yes, you could come stay with me and my husband. We have a room. And my brother and his wife who lived in Arkansas were like, oh yeah, we'd love to have you. You could come live with us. So I put those two locations down as places that I could live and complete my internship for the clinical rotation. And they ended up um, telling me that I was going to do mine in Arkansas. So I got to stay with my brother and his wife for 16 weeks, which was awesome. But again, I had to go away from my husband again for that time. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Thank goodness though you can stay with family. That's like at least one life-saving thing. Yeah, it was really cool because um, my brother... Well, that brother, he's nine years older than me. So I, I mean, I was young when he left the house and I ended up getting to spend more time with him and, you know, just getting that quality time with him that I really hadn't gotten because when I was little, he left away from the military. That's cool. See, even another reason why dietetics took you to like bond with your family too. <laughs> uh, so tell me about the special, did you get your unique experience in working with the military? Um, I did not actually. So what ended up happening was um, I had reached out to dietitian at the military base that's nearest to where I live. And Uh, She never returned any of my calls or any of my emails. So I I didn't have that opportunity, but things just happen for a reason. And so time was getting thin. I still did not have my leader. They call it a leadership rotation. And I, I was like, I think it was... My leadership rotation was supposed to start in April and it was January and I still didn't know what I was doing. And all of a sudden I saw this opportunity pop up on this. I was a member of the CPSDA, uh, which is the Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietitians Association. Um, I was a student Mm -hmm. member and I saw an opportunity pop up for a an internship with the New York, the New York Jets professional football team. And so I applied to it and the dietitian reached out to me and then she um, called me and wanted to have me, well, she wanted to do a phone interview first. And on that phone interview, we went through it and she loved me. And at the end of it, she invited me to come to the facility where the Jets practice and she wanted to do like a lunch, have, have lunch with me and just get to learn more about me. So she, so she ended up inviting me up there. Um, I went and 
she took me around the Jets facility and I was so nervous. <laughs> but here I am walking around this huge multi-million dollar facility and she took me in and and introduced me to the athletic training staff she introduced me to the um, strength the strength coaches and we actually sat down and had lunch with the strength coaches and it was so cool because um one of the coaches was actually had actually coached at iowa like he was he had um, ties to Iowa as well. So it was just meant to be. That's so cool. What a great experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really neat. So I think that she really wanted to see how I interacted with with the people there. And I guess I did an okay job with it. <laughs> she ended up um, inviting me, you know, for the position to intern there with her. So it was really, really cool. I'm sure you learned a ton when you were there. Yeah, it was incredible. It was such an amazing opportunity. And I'll tell you what, it was probably an even greater opportunity I ever could have got, you know, had I been working with the military in some form. So it was really neat. And it kind of meshed, you know, like your background and, you know, in your previous degree. And I mean, it just was like a culmination of like everything that you'd had been focused on for the last few years. Yeah, it had because one of those, you know, the athletic training, um, the sports injuries, and then now we're tying it to nutrition to prevent injuries. It's just, it's kind of crazy how it all circled around. You got to be in heaven. You're probably like, oh, this is like heaven right now. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty incredible. Being a small town girl from Iowa and getting to intern with the New York Jets was pretty cool. Yeah. Not many people can put that on their resumes. That's for, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so after your internship, you passed your test. And what what was life like for you then as you were kind of navigating where you were headed. So at that time, when I passed my test, I was really, really feeling the whole sports nutrition. I, I mean, I had that on my resume that I interned with the Jets and I was like, I want to be a sports dietitian. <laughs> and um, I still did have a passion for working with the military as well. So I always kept that on my radar and was always watching for opportunities with the military Um, but looking for opportunities that were close to home because my husband was a breadwinner at the time and had, had the the career established already. So, um, you just wanted to be with them for crying out loud. So, (laughs) so during that time, um, I was actually still studying for the exam and an opportunity opened at Rutgers university as a a sports nutrition intern as a dietitian though. And so I applied for it and the, the, the sports nutrition, um, the head of the department there, she loved my resume and she said she saw a lot of herself in me and just the way I, you know, wrote things about myself and the pictures I shared in my online portfolio. And she invited me on 
on the phone. She didn't even have me come in for an interview. She just loved me so much from what she saw that she was, she offered me the position over the phone right then and there. Oh, wow. Yeah. See? Yeah. You just popped it. <laughs> so, um, I, so I took the position and it was only, uh, well, she presented two opportunities to me. I could do a full-time um, position for six months there, or I could do uh, a part-time position for the year. And when it came down to it, um, I was going to have to be commuting back and forth every day for an hour. And uh, we know that yeah. gas is expensive and everything. So it yeah. ended up making more sense to do the six, the six month internship. So that is. So how was that? How did you like that experience? Um, it was, it wasn't as, as much as I had hoped to be honest. Um, I, I really love sports nutrition, but, um, as a sports dietitian that I was, I felt like I was spending so much more time, um, feeding the athletes than I was getting to them and work with them one-on-one and I know like when you're at the higher levels as you know the sports nutrition director or assistant director of the program you do get more of those opportunities but at the time I was like doing more of the grunt work (laughs) sure you were like putting the granola bars out yeah. <laughs> managing all the student volunteers, which thank goodness we had a lot of um, volunteers, which I had actually volunteered for the sports nutrition program when I was at school at Rutgers. So now I was on the other end of it managing wow. the, the volunteers. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, you know, and I think sometimes like you, you have you do those things. So you understand, is this something I want to do for, uh, for my career? And then you figure out, well, I don't know if this is really it. Is that how you kind of felt after you were yeah, done? Because, um, the head dietitian, she would have to travel away with the team on for the away games. And the, well, she was actually pregnant at the time. So the assistant director, um, traveled to some of the games too this year or this past year, but what I started seeing was that it was a lot of time away from home. And, um, like the director's position, she was working hours. Um, she'd get done at like seven 30 at night. And for me, you know, I lived an hour away. So like I stayed there later than she did. And I wasn't getting home until like nine 30, 10 o'clock, some nights later. And then I'd have to turn around and be back there at 6am in the morning or, sometimes a little later just depending on the schedule and for me oh my gosh and then I was also (laughs) working on the weekends because they do um catering for the football team on Sundays so the team would come in and um, we would have food catered in for them on Sundays because the food service company didn't prepare meals the, the food service company that does the meals during the week time for the players they, they got a day off, which was Sundays. So we had to provide food from an outside source. So we always had these caterers. And I had to be there every Sunday to make sure that it was all set up and 
So I really didn't get much time to spend with my husband that whole semester because I was working like every weekend and I was getting home super late. And I thought about it and I'm like, is this really what I want? Mm -hmm. Like, I know even as the director, she was, you know, traveling away on the weekends and I'm like, I want to have a family someday and... I'm not going to be able to see them and play sports or anything if I continue on with a career in this field. So I started looking at other opportunities then. Sure. Well, and that that is true, though. To be a, in a collegiate level, I think as a sports dietitian, you really, that's kind of your life or even a professional or semi-professional. It's You're there all the time. You should probably just have like a house on campus that you can just live at just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or, you know, if you if I lived closer too, it wouldn't have been such a such sure. a burden, but it was, so, it was tough. A lot of time. Yes. So what did you start? So I'm sure that was hard for you to kind of figure out that transition of, okay, this isn't this isn't my jam. So what am I gonna start looking at now? Well, <laughs> during my internship, um, I had an opportunity to work with a private practice dietitian. And I really, really loved it. And it was a really cool experience. And I was actually very surprised how much I enjoyed it. And um, I realized I didn't really like the whole insurance part of it. That was not cool. (laughs) (laughs) It still isn't. You have to do a lot of billing and take a lot of time with that. And that was not fun. Um, But it was just really neat. And I felt like it was, I could see how much in her, she felt like she was fulfilling her passion because she was truly helping these people change, you know, make these changes in their lifestyles that was allowing them to, you know, get better and healthier and lose weight and feel better. And she did a lot of medical nutrition therapy as well, which, you know, was really, really great, great to see. Um, But that's when I started kind of getting this itch in myself to maybe take on entrepreneurship or starting my own business. That's awesome, though. It's awesome to have like that person that helps you kind of understand what it's like to own a business Mm -hmm. before you kind of jump into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, She was very busy um, and she does very, very well. So it was really, really great to get that experience to see somebody that was doing very well with it and be able to, I guess, just envision yourself being successful like her. Sure. Minus the billing for <laughs> So is that kind of how you got started in having your own business? You kind of like, did you kind of connect with her more and start dabbling in it? Or how did you, did you go full force right into it? So I actually um, was thinking about it and I had, you know, started playing around on my computer, trying to come up with names and different things, different logos or what I, what I would call my business and things like that while I was interning. Um, but during my dietetic internship and that, um, rotation where I worked with this private practice dietitian, 
there were actually some days that she wasn't able to have me with her at her practice because um, she had some days where she actually had other dietitians come in. Like her, where she was located, she actually rented out the, the space. So one day a week, a different dietitian would come in and work on that day. Oh, okay. so I couldn't intern with her on that day because she was not there. <laughs> um, that was her off day. And so she actually found another dietitian that I could go and intern with. And her name was Michelle Caravella. And she is known as normal, normalizing nutrition on Instagram now. But she was um, the, the dietitian that took me in. And I got to intern with her um, I want to say four or five different days and she was amazing, loved her, still do. And what actually led me to um, pursuing entrepreneurship was when I saw her in a video that Tony Steffen, another um, dietitian entrepreneur, who I saw a video that he had shared about his in his mentorship program that he has where he helps um, dietitians and nutrition coaches um, grow their business and helps them believe in themselves to grow their business. And so when I saw her in the video, I reached out to her and was like, Hey, what is this? What, what's this mentorship program that you're in? And so she told me about it. And then I connected with Tony and he told me about it. And I, decided to um invest in myself and he had like a, a retreat in new york that i went to and so that is what i decide that's when i decided that this was for me and so i went to this retreat and i really just went all in then and said i'm doing this and started my business that's awesome i think that's great that you you invested in yourself because i think that's a big part that as dietitians, because we're caretakers and we want to help everybody else, but we never quite take care of ourselves or invest in ourselves. So I think that's a great thing that you took the leap and did that for yourself. Yeah, it was scary. I'm not going to lie. I bet. I bet. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't too cheap. Um, I'll say that. But it was just also one of those things where after I went to the retreat and I saw you know, the success that some of the other dietitians and nutrition coaches in the room were having, it really just, it was so powerful. And it gave me the, the courage, I guess, because a lot of the thing that has held me back in my growth has been fear and having this like huge community of support because I did invest in myself. I've had all of these people there to help support me and help keep pushing me forward throughout my growth of my business. Which is everything. Cause it like lifts you up when you need it the most. <laughs> when you're like, oh, this sucks. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome that you've made you've made those connections too. So you can have those hard conversations or easy conversations or just the conversations that you know they have the same experiences as you do. 
Yeah, yep, because they've all been through it, too, and some of them are years down the road. I mean, there's people in the, the mentorship program that have been dietitians for, I think there's one in there that's been a dietitian for 13 years, and um, then there's new ones, just like me, so. Sure. Got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> exactly. So how's your business been going, then? Uh, it's going really, really great. Um, I am doing very well, and I couldn't be more proud of where I'm at right now. I've grown a ton, and it's super exciting. Um, and seeing my clients um, make incredible changes in their lives is just it's the fulfillment that I needed in my career that I wasn't getting from the sports nutrition. Sure. That's so true. Like you found it and you're like, this is, this was the missing link. Here it is. I'm so excited. I found it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you um, work out of your home then, or do you kind of work in an office like the person that you interned with or how do you kind of see your clients? Out of home, it's all online nutrition coaching. That's so, the best. <laughs> not except insurance. So <laughs> I don't have to deal with that. So it's it's nice. Good. So you see them all virtually, basically, or through the phone or however. Do you have like a platform that you work with? Yep. So um, I'll do email coaching and I also do video chat I really leave it up to my clients what they what they prefer um so I'll ask them if they prefer to talk on the phone or if they would prefer to get on FaceTime or Skype and so you give them options yeah whatever they prefer sometimes they some people like it differently like some people don't like the face-to-face but then some people really appreciate that option too yeah, I really, I really enjoy the face to face because I think it just, you can see the animation in people's faces and you can see if they're puzzled on the other end and you <laughs> explain it more and sure. it allows you to bring in a lot more personality into the calls and more fun. That nonverbal communication stuff <laughs> that you don't get, like, you just, it's interesting how you can read people and be like, oh, oh you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. let's talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome. I'm so glad that it's all kind of, so you, are your, is your schedule pretty busy? Like, are you seeing clients most of the time? Do you have like, how do you kind of schedule yourself and what does your week kind of look like? Yep. So I do, um, so during the daytime, I I work like, gosh, it's like eight to five um, doing mostly like email coaching. And then I'll do video calls. A lot of my clients right now um, that do the video calls, it's more with their schedules. It works better for them in the evening time. Mm-hmm. That is something I'm trying to figure out yet because I'm not getting much time off. (laughs) So um, it's tough because I am still spending a lot of time working all day. (laughs) So it'll come. I know I'll figure it out eventually, but for now I'm just putting in the work that I have to. So sure to hopefully have that future schedule that is more freeing and gives you more time. Right. 
I can see that being, you know, just like you said with um, your clients, like evenings, weekends probably tend to be the time where they're free. And yeah. so you, you're in the office all day, you're emailing, you're doing lots of computer work, but then you see clients probably your whole evening until you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then a lot of my clients are in Iowa. <laughs> so, <laughs> that makes and that's a different time zone. <laughs> yeah, so then, um, that just pushes my calls like later. So sometimes sure. I do my calls right up until it's time to go to bed. So. You'll find it. You'll find that work-life balance for sure. Yeah. You just are, it's just all, it's just taking steps. Like you took the step to start your own business and now you're building your business. And then there'll be a time where your business will just flow really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's so odd. Is there anything else you kind of want to share? I think I always tell my listeners that they, if they have questions about what you're doing or that they can always, I always put your information in my show notes that they can contact you if they need some advice or just need to connect and. Um, so if there's anything you want to share with the listeners that I, we haven't discussed. Um, I guess, um, well, we did kind of discuss it, but it was more about just taking the leap and believing in yourself that you can achieve your goals and dreams as long as you never give up. Um, and this is something that I have found is that, I've always had that grit and that determination in me to keep pushing forward because along my, my journey, it has not been easy. As I mentioned, you know, I, I lived away from my husband for three years and deployed to Afghanistan. And then I moved to New Jersey and, you know, it was a new place where I didn't know anybody. I didn't have friends here. My family wasn't here. And it was really hard. And I could have given up at that time and just, you know, gotten some measly job. But I didn't. I decided to, you know, put in the work and go back to school. And school was hard. I had a long commute. And I I did it. And then the internship at the Jets, I didn't even mention this, but that was an 80 mile, it was 80 miles both ways that I had to drive both ways. And it was not easy, but I did it. And, you know, all of these things I think have just made me stronger as an individual. And there's these challenges that we face in life. And I really think that they are, they're testing us for what's to come. And I really think that they are setting us up for something bigger in life that is going to be so amazing, but you don't want to stop because you never know what is on the other side of that. You know, if you give up and you don't keep going, success and what you really want to achieve might just be right on the other side, but you'll never know if you stop. So you have to keep going. That's so true. And you have, you have like, you haven't, you haven't let it stop you. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably still, there's probably still a lot left on the other side for you too. So yeah. well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. This journey is not over for you, which is going to be exciting to follow. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to share that with people because I think that everybody 
has these challenges and they might feel stalled or, or like they're, they're spinning their wheels, just like some of our clients that we work mm-hmm. with, you know, with, when it comes to like weight loss, they, they feel stuck. They feel like they're spinning their wheels and not making progress. But I, if you just continue to believe in yourself and keep pushing forward and taking action, you'll be able to achieve success. Absolutely. Oh, you're so inspiring. I love it. <laughs> well, now, now I have some hard questions for you. I always end with my hard questions. Um, share with me, now that you've had all this lovely food experience, share with me some of your favorite foods that you enjoy. Well, growing up, it was always just plain pasta with butter and salt and pepper. <laughs> Yum. So <laughs> you say yum because guess what? You're an Iowa girl. You know how I know. <laughs> I come out here to New Jersey and my husband's like, what the heck? Pasta with butter and pepper. So it's awesome there, right? Um, so I would still say that that would be like a comfort food. I would find myself having that every once in a while still. Um, but if if it's like a real indulgence, uh, that would have to be just chocolate ice cream. That is my number one indulgence. That's a good one too. I like the, together, uh, both of them would be a perfect meal, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have um, favorite beverage or beverages that you enjoy? Yeah, actually. So it's funny how this kind of worked out, but. Um, so I love seltzer water. I drink a lot of seltzer water and I, I mean, I drink regular water too, but the seltzer, when I was living over in Germany, they had carbonated everything. So like one of my favorite drinks while living in Germany that I would not drink all the time because it was juice, but it was carbonated apple juice. They called mm-hmm. it like I don't even I don't speak the the language very well, but they called it like apple shorla or something. Uh. But it was carbonated apple juice, and so um, I really really enjoyed the carbonation of it. And then that's actually when I came back to the states, and I'm really happy that the whole seltzer thing caught on because <laughs> I don't soda and or pop as you call it out there. So yep. that's when the seltzer craze caught on and I was, I was able to still get that like carbonation with the seltzer water that I enjoyed from the, the apple juice over there in Germany. Okay. So you, do you like kombucha then? I do like kombucha. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that little fizz. Yeah. But there are some that are a little bitter. I don't care for <laughs> A little bit too vinegary. I don't know. Too much fer- fermentation. I would agree. Yeah, with you. For sure. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite color or colors? Well, I have to say red, white, and blue. Of course, as <laughs> America, gotta have to hide in our country. You and I, you use those colors a lot on your Instagram too. And you use like a tealy color too, which is really yeah, pretty. I do use the teal a lot. I'd say the teal is my business color that I use. Yeah. I feel like it's the same color of your eyes too. It really brings your eyes out. You have really <laughs> pretty you. eyes. So <laughs> your pictures are very lovely. Thank you. 
Uh, do you have a favorite scent or a smell? Um, favorite scent or smell? Hmm. Um, I said here, I wrote down some cheat notes for this. Um, I <laughs> Good. Warm apple pie. I love the smell of warm mm-hmm. apple pie. Um, I like those candles you get from Bath and Body Works that smell like yeah. it because I never bake apple pie. <laughs> You haven't? I mean, it's so easy. How how have you not baked it? <laughs> I'm being very sarcastic. My mom never really made a lot of sweets in our house growing up. So I've never really been a big sweets person, which I mean, is a good thing. So I don't sure. have them in my house, but. Sure. Absolutely. I agree. That's, that's, that's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> and Brittany, what brings you joy in life? Uh, I would have to say that the thing that brings me the most joy is just seeing other people, like being able to make a difference in other people's lives, um, seeing them feel more confident in their bodies and feeling more energized and just feeling more happy and healthy. That, you know, in my career is what really, really brings me joy is seeing other people just feel better and just feel healthy again. And then as far as me, um, in my own life, um, I would just have to say like my family, my husband, my husband has been so supportive of me. Um, clearly with our, (laughs) um, just being able to spend time with him and enjoy life together and, you know, when I do get the chance to be back with my family in Iowa and Arkansas and everything, I just love being with them and being able to enjoy our time together. I mean, it's, that's like truly everything. Both of those things are very, two very important things in life. So you seem like you, you radiate joy. So that's awesome to share that with my guest and with me. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I have had a lovely time chatting with you. And like I said before, I'm excited to watch your journey unfold even more and just keeping the amazing support system that you are for your clients and for all of us other dietitians that are out there being an entrepreneur as well. Thank you so much. Brittany is very passionate about what she's doing to help people as a registered dietitian. I think so highly of her for all she endured at the beginning of her career, figuring it all out, and now the dedication she has to the long days and nights of being there for her clients and her private practice. I hope you go to the show notes and learn more about all the great things she's doing and make sure to follow her on social media. My website, AnnaElizabethRD.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcast show notes and links to things we talked about during all my great conversations with these wonderful people. My book is available to purchase on my website, and there are now 15 CEUs approved for self-study through the CDR, which you can purchase on the website. I hope we can connect more on social media. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.